0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome to Knowledge at Wharton. I'm Angie Basuni. Joining me today is Dr. Ingrid Nambard. She's a Wharton healthcare management professor, and her latest research is an intriguing look at something that, as patients, we all want more of, but can sometimes be in short supply, especially when we go to our busy doctor's office or a hospital, and that's a feeling of empathy. Her published paper is titled, A Systematic Review of Empathy in Healthcare. And we want to mention one of her co-workers, Dr. Guy Dave, David, a Wharton Healthcare Management professor. Dr. Nembhard is here with me today to talk about the latest research. Ingrid, thank you so much for joining me. I've been looking forward to talking with you on this program.
1: Angie, thanks for having me. It's nice to have the opportunity to talk more about this research and particularly the importance of empathy in healthcare, which I think is a really important topic.
0: Well, I want to start with a really basic question, which is why is empathy in healthcare important? I mean, if I go see my doctor and I know that she's board certified, she graduated top of her class, I know I'm going to get good care. So what difference does it make if she doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy?
1: I'm so glad you started with that question. (laughs) I think we often skip over this most basic point and assume that everyone is clear on that, right? You go in, you're going to get great care and you may get great clinical care, but that's different from empathy and i think there's some we sort of also assume that everyone is clear on what empathy is and its role in healthcare broadly speaking empathy refers to understanding another person's feelings and their thoughts and feeling those congruent thoughts and states in the context of health care there's actually a specific definition of empathy now and empathy is defined in healthcare as understanding and feeling a patient's emotions and perspective and offering a response, for example, how you communicate with that patient that reflects understanding and that actually aims to help them. So this question that you asked, why does empathy matter in healthcare? Well, when there's insufficient empathy, there's really, that basically means there's diminished understanding of the patient's perspective. On the other hand, when there's higher empathy, there's understanding. And in principle, that understanding matters because it cultivates efforts to better meet patient needs through both interpersonal choices, such as speaking with care and operational choices, such as connecting patients with resources, whether they need mental health providers or they need transportation, things that really can facilitate their care experience and their actual care and health. We know from, I think now looking at the research, and even if you thought about this theoretically, that the more that understanding is present, the more likely patient-centered care plans are likely to be made, the better the patient care experience will be, the greater patient adherence to their plans will be. That all means that we can expect on the outside of that, better patient, worker, and organizational outcomes, whether you think about clinical outcomes, or you think about worker job satisfaction, because they're getting the information they need to be able to treat patients the way they should, Mm -hmm. and they're getting better patient experience ratings. So, you know, why it matters, it's the beginning of a positive cascade, I think, for patients and healthcare and even for workers.
0: That's a really great way of looking at it. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about this study. I thought it was interesting that in the paper, you mentioned that there's this, a great deal of disjointed information out there about empathy in healthcare, but that it's actually emerging as its own research field. So what were you and your co-authors hoping to contribute to this literature with, with the paper that you just published?
1: Sure. So. You know, we had been looking at the data for quite well, I do a lot of research on patient care experience in addition to sort of understanding the organizational side of care. And the data at this point is pretty robust that a lot of patients are having poor patient care experiences. Mm -hmm. And there's been this growing attention now to the relational side of healthcare. That's really led to a lot of investigation over the last several years really 50 years now about what facilitates and what hinders empathy what outcomes come from empathy how best can we measure empathy who is likely to give you empathy who is unlikely to give empathy who is likely to get empathy who is likely to not get empathy and then how do you go about increasing it and so these investigations have been occurring for the last 50 years we see that largely they've been occurring by individual researchers, independent investigations, and they've been published in a wide variety of journals, whether it's health services research or medicine or general management journals. What that means is we've seen this large body of work growing over uh, the last 50 years. That really means that we can now say that there is a field of empathy. There is an actual research field of empathy because there has been a lot of attention in this field, but it's all disparate. And so there's that's the state, you haven't had yet the research that integrates all of that knowledge. And so my colleagues and I have been really thought, have been really thinking about this and thought we've reached a time now where we need to pause. We need to pause and take stock of the field. We need to see what lessons can be extracted from the 50 years of research. And we need to see, you know, if we take that, Maybe we can provide greater clarity about the way empathy is operating in our healthcare system. That's one thing. The other thing is we can then start to identify where we need to do more research, where practice needs to change in order to achieve those goals. And so we decided to do a systematic review of the 50 years worth of research, empirical quantitative research on empathy. And our research covered 450 articles that met our criteria.
0: It was a tremendous amount of data to go through. And, uh, so let's talk about the, the takeaways from that research. You guys did find that more empathy ends up with better healthcare outcomes and that there are five factors that predict empathy. Can you take us through those, those factors? Sure. So we found that there
1: are five, as you said. The first is that provider demographics seem to matter. Those are things like the number of years a professional has been in in their specialty. We also see that it varies by characteristics like gender and the specialty. So perhaps not surprisingly, uh, primary care physicians, those in behavioral health, tend to display more empathy than our our colleagues who are maybe more on the surgical side or mm-hmm. would say is the sort of acute experiences with patients so those provider demographics actually matter who is providing empathy can matter provider characteristics matter and in, in that bucket we find things like the personality whether somebody's an introvert or expert, um, their knowledge their attitudes towards different uh, people and the like the third category that we identified are how providers behave during their interactions and that's one of the things we probably we pay attention to the fact that people talk in different ways and speak to people in different ways. And that certainly appears in the data that people vary, providers vary in the way that they communicate, the tone they use, the words they use. They also vary in aspects like their body movement in the interaction. Are they closer to you or further? Do they create distance or not have distance? And how much, you know, whether they give adequate consultation. The fourth bucket of things that we find are target characteristics. So when we say target, we're referring largely to patients as the person who'd be the target of that empathetic interaction. So it varies by the type of condition the person has. So the the disease that they're battling, perhaps where some of the data would suggest that certain conditions are more likely to elicit an empathetic response than other conditions. Uh, Someone's socioeconomic status, whether they have more income or less income, tends to influence um, the level of empathy that's directed towards them. And then the fifth category of things that we found in the literature is organizational context. So things that are organizational include how long is the visit that the patient has with their provider shorter visits there's less empathy that's typically found in that context how long the waiting time is leads mm-hmm. to this is a perception of how much empathy there has the five categories i think are actually really interesting because what i'm giving you the the, the high level categories within each one of those categories our research showed there are multiple factors
0: Well, speaking of that, let me ask you, because when you mentioned the provider characteristics, I was curious about whether you found differences between male providers and female providers, because we often, it's a stereotype, but we often associate more empathy with women. Was there a difference? There was. (laughs) Okay. A stereotype that holds true then.
1: (laughs) I can even check. I can even check the numbers quickly. Yeah, <laughs> um, if you want to be precise about it. I sure. Can, well, you know,
0: and I... while you're doing that, I'm going to set you up with my next question, which is in that paper that you 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 also looked at some interventions that mm-hmm. can increase empathy among these healthcare givers. Things that that can be done to to maybe raise their awareness about it. What are those interventions, and how do they work? Yeah, so, I mean, naturally,
1: once, we just, once the field has appreciated that empathy might matter, we start to think about, well, how do we increase it? And most of those have been individual level educational interventions. Mm-hmm. So things like training participants, how to do a particular skill, like how to communicate well in an empathetic way. We see uh, some studies that focus on having a course. So a person goes through a series of lectures about how to be empathetic or what empathy behavior entails. Sometimes there are workshops where you role play uh, and and get feedback on how you behave, simulations, visuals, videos. um, The category that probably most uh, caught my attention is treatment for empathy. So there are studies that show, uh, I hadn't heard about this before we did this research, transcranial direct current stimulation, so
0: actually
1: (laughs) stimulating that part of the brain. Oh boy. with empathy. not
0: sure I want to submit myself to that, but
1: <laughs> the new direction.
0: Um,
1: right.
0: and so there 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 are a
1: lot of options that are on the table for improving and increasing empathy, most of them educational interventions.
0: So it's really no different than any other kind of training we might get at work. Uh, we have, you know, training how to use our software, our operating systems, training on sexual harassment, train, diversity training. There's all sorts of training out there. So this is another method, another way to improve your, how your performance at your job. Yeah. I think for us though, mm-hmm. the thing that was surprising when we looked through the literature
1: was not that education may make a difference mm-hmm. because for all, the, all of the areas in which you said, we see those kinds of programs being deployed. For us looking at the data, it was surprising that there were no studies of organizational interventions. And so even because when we looked, one of the factors that we found was significant was organizational context. So we right. know that organizations can matter. I guess in some sense, thinking about it, the absence of organizational interventions may reflect the fact that we think of empathy as a human trait.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So why make it part of the organization? Right. You don't
0: need to be trained in empathy. You don't need to be trained
1: in empathy. Of course, we're all human. So we know right. how to be empathetic. But if you think about it if empathy benefits from if the provision of empathy benefits from having dedicated time and people and processes and leadership then it totally makes sense that we need to direct greater attention to organizational interventions for improving empathy. And so I think my co-authors and I are now very much of the mindset that we need to have more empathetic systems and institutions mm-hmm. that are structured in such a way that they create and they really create conditions for anybody to receive empathy in and in, you know in a non-arbitrary way throughout their whole service of care and we've seen that like we've seen that organizational interventions can work we see it around patient safety it used to be that you thought safety was the type of thing that a provider delivered to a patient innovation right. was the type of thing that an entrepreneur delivered and yet now when we look in healthcare it's not unusual to see a chief patient safety officer or a chief innovation officer or roles that are dedicated exclusively to ensuring those goals and they're taking that route rather than training clinicians. There can be role based approaches really centered on non clinicians to be able to deliver and so we might want to move in that direction I think my colleagues and I would be excited to see more interventions that say okay this is something that organizations need to be attentive to.
0: There are a lot of options out there i'm going to circle back to that idea but before i do i do want to ask you a particular question about uh, two demographics which is black patients and hispanic or latino patients mm-hmm. now we all know that those two groups have worse health care outcomes across a number of measures whether it's covid whether it's heart disease whether it's we're hearing a lot lately about uh, maternal mortality and i'm wondering if greater empathy for those patients could translate into better healthcare outcomes
1: it should The simple answer is that it should. Mm -hmm. If you recall my earlier remarks to your very first question about why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? It's largely about understanding people, their emotions, their needs, and where they are in their care and their state. If we were to have greater empathy, we would expect that there would be greater understanding such that the choices that are made, the conversations that happen in the course of care would be more attentive to the needs Mm -hmm. of the person. That means they would get the you know, the communication would be culturally competent, like there are things that would occur, you need transportation, we would provide transportation, because we would understand the circumstances, we would understand, and therefore make choices and make care plans that would allow people to be successful in their healthcare. And so I do think empathy is part of it's it's part of the process. If we want Mm -hmm. to do some of those disparities, we need to be better about understanding where people are.
0: Granted, it is a complicated question with a, a number of, yeah, there, there are a lot of ingredients that go into the answer, but I do think empathy, you're right, empathy is one of the, the, the factors that might improve health outcomes for those those two groups. Certainly. So going back to the options about uh, the ways to, to increase empathy in healthcare providers, This is a study that's really the first of its kind. Uh, As we mentioned before, you're talking about 50 years worth of data that you guys, numbers that you crunch through. Um, And it's an emerging field. So what do you wanna look at next? What's next for this, this particular research?
1: For us, the main motivation in taking on the last 50 years of research was that we wanted to be better prepared to do work that could make a difference. Mm -hmm. And for us, the next step would be to, we'd love to be able to collaborate with a health system interested in thinking about, uh, not just thinking about it, actually trying and trialing a role-based organizational intervention. It's In some sense, we think it's time. So we've been doing the training of individuals for years, and Mm -hmm. we're still not at the level we need to be. So that is appearing like insufficient, that is insufficient to allow systematic, um, systematic, empathetic health care. So role-based organizational intervention, we would love to be able to study that. We'd love to see the field take off and other people think about other organizational interventions that might be used to in order to build empathy.
0: That sounds... Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I would actually love to have you back after you complete that study we can talk <laughs> about that too. Um, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about something that I think needs a lot more attention.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been great to have the chance to talk about this work and Absolutely. I hope that people
0: attention to empathy in healthcare. Right. Well, if you enjoyed this conversation, you can find more just like it on our website, where you can also find all our articles on the latest research in business. For Knowledge at Wharton, I'm Angie Bassioni. Thanks for joining us.